Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we hear stories from everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Hell, good evening, everybody out there listening. Holy cow. Guess where I am right now. If you said Mighty Sparrow, you would be correct. I have literally just walked onto this boat. I set my bag down after getting attacked by a little no see flies, and... Uh, and all of a sudden, my phone pings, and I get an email through the Sailing Into Oblivion website, which I guess I'm going to try to uh, dissect that thing a little bit and and give a little room for a podcast, you know, comments, uh, questions, responses, just a way for people to get in touch with me. Uh, but in any event, I... Uh, Got about halfway through this this really great email and uh, decided, you know what? Let me just pause here for a second. Opened up my bag, set up my microphone, and uh, now I'm talking into it. <laughs> um, first and foremost, so every time I leave Sparrow in the water uh, on a dock somewhere, even if there's other people around, I worry about it. I'm constantly thinking, oh man, is is the bilge slowly filling up? Is he going to get hit by lightning? Uh, does it have a couple of slapper halyards that's making everybody in the marina go crazy? Uh, and luckily, as I come back, the, the lines look good. Nothing's banged up. Uh, she hasn't been hit by anybody, even with my slip mate being uh, gone now and so i'm sure they've had a few boats coming in and out bilge is absolutely bone dry thank you mighty sparrow i love that and uh besides the effervescence of stale stale air a little bit of mold for sure not quite so much though uh i will say the ozone machine definitely helped before i left but yeah, I'm basking in it right now. I have the portals open, but I haven't gone as far as to put the box fan in the forward hatch, which creates a massive amount of air movement in a West Sail 32. Um, that's a top tip for any any West Sailors. But um, yeah, this this email, I I just I want to address this because it's it really is something that is kind of on my mind as far as this podcast. You know, being being with my family for this last weekend, uh, especially after being in Michigan by myself for so long, I'm really trying to figure out what in the heck to do with my life and where it's going and what I'm going to do. And in a lot of ways, I sort of wake up in the morning feeling like I'm just adrift and I don't have that purpose and that goal in mind, um, that I normally do. And, you know, obviously when I'm out at sea, there's a constant, constant goal. I know exactly what I have to do. There's work to be done. And I'm always aiming towards that and trying to get progress and grab miles and, and do all that to get to that goal, regardless of whether I make it or not, you're still out at sea. So you still have to perform all these tasks. And I guess the end all goal when I'm out at sea is not to sink. But in any event, um, one of the things that kept coming up this weekend when I was able to do like four podcasts with family members on different subjects um, and, and really just be able to sit down and talk to them to get their input as far as where we think this thing is going, whether it's actually worth putting so much effort into, you know, we just hit episode, I don't know, 63, 64. And, um, that's a lot of, a lot of hours, a lot of really enjoyable hours. I, I do have to say it's, it's something that I think the more I, the more I get to sit down with people or the more times I come up with, uh, a solo podcast, so to speak, the more I'm, I'm really just enjoying doing this and, you know, with with the addition of the Patreon account, that helps because all of a sudden people people can support it, and and then I start to see some revenue from it. You know, I 
I thought a lot about the whole ad thing, and and I, I don't think the podcast is anywhere near that point where you know companies start reaching out to you. Um, and to be honest, I think in in the grand scheme of all my sailing, being unsponsored and really trying to do it all on my own dime, I I would like to think that if I was approached. By people that wanted to interrupt the podcast with advertising and uh, be able to give me a little quiche on the side for it, I would hope that I would say absolutely not and um, and just rely on the fact that there's there's people that enjoy the podcast and want to support it. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a, a better way to go because I think one of the things about the podcast is that it flows and it doesn't get interrupted at all. And I know that when I listen to a podcast, it's uh, it's kind of annoying. It's kind of annoying when when an ad comes in. But I understand it. It's not it's not a mystery to me why why people do that because you know you put a lot of work into these things. And uh, anyway, uh, besides the point. So I get this email, and it's it really is it's something special. It's uh, I'm not going to give the full name, but it's uh, it's going out to my man Miles up there in. Uh, Canada, and he wrote it today, so I'm sure he's probably going to be listening to this when it comes out. But um, yeah, he was basically talking about where, because I, I sort of brought up the question of of what direction I really want to take this podcast and where I want to go with it. Um, you know, I I want to, I really, I really enjoy the fact that that it it, it started out as just a true blue sailing podcast and all about sailing but on sort of the level that I'm on with sailing which is I'm just an everyday sailor I'm not I'm not a big time racer I'm not not a little time racer <laughs> I used to put on a lot of races in the BVI but uh I you know I I I've always just considered myself just a regular old sailor. I've got a regular old boat, even though I would never say that in uh, in a disparaging way to Old Sparrow, because Sparrow has really, she has kept me safe a million times out at sea. Uh, but more than that, Sparrow, I think, has has become a part of me and has grown with me, but also forced me to grow and and really has has formed a lot of character in my life. I would not be the same person that I am right now without this boat and what this boat has done for me. And and so I try and reciprocate that, which over this next month will be proven because I have to uh, I have to basically get that bowsprit back on, ready for the East Coast offshore sailing up to Maine in in May which frankly uh, scares me a little bit because I know the frequency of uh, the old Cape Hatteras low-pressure system is still pretty high. Normally I go up in June, but we've had a few people uh, take off from the boatyard, and the earlier I can get there, the better. So I'm going to try and take off uh, as early in May as I can. So it might be a bit of a wild ride. But besides that... Getting back to this email, um, yeah, so it, it really is. I, I'm sort of questioning what direction I want to go, and uh, I think some of the, some of the points that uh, that Miles sort of put out is is that yeah, it's it's nice to listen to stories from everyday sailors that people can actually relate to, uh, and I think that that is always going to be at the core of this podcast. I'm I'm typically always going to be surrounded by by sailors uh because i live on this boat and i live in a boatyard and then i live in a marina um but at the same time i also am very interested in talking about different sort of adventures i think that's going to be sort of an offshoot where uh, you know if i if i track some people down and i i have a few in mind that have done some pretty epic adventures, hiking the Arizona Trail, hiking the PCT, uh, AT hikers, all sorts of, not just long distance stuff, but, you know, um, even Mason Gravely of the uh, Adventure Sports Podcast, you know, he rode his bicycle from Alaska to 
down to Florida. I mean, that that sort of stuff interests me, and I, I think it's good. Uh, I think it's still in the realm of of the whole sailing and adventure and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's going to be sailing at the core and any sort of neat adventures um, sort of as an offshoot. But I also really find that that just sitting down with anybody, almost anybody, if you can weave the conversation in the right way, you're going to find some some pretty great stories that were would come out of just about any person that you would never ever guess would do something amazing or have an experience or have an insight like most people actually do. The thing is, it seems like to me that that opportunity doesn't come up much. I think that almost everybody that's been on this podcast, it's their first time ever doing a podcast. And for the most part, I think that's absolutely great because you've you've got a person who didn't expect me to come along and say, hey, you want to sit down for an hour or two and uh, hash it out? And, and I think that adds a bit of, um, it's a, it's a bit more, I don't want to say genuine, but there was a point where I was doing other people's podcasts quite a bit and not telling the same story every time or talking about the exact same stuff every time, but it, uh, there was a little bit of it that sort of got, I, I don't want to say repetitive anyway, uh, but I, I, yeah, probably did. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like in the world of, of sailing podcasts, um, not all of them, and I'm not pointing any fingers or anything like that because they're they're great. I mean, I, I think I've always loved Matt Rutherford's podcast, how he comes up with all that information on his own. I mean, he's super knowledgeable. He's got a really interesting life and he's funny. I mean, I love listening to to Matt Rutherford. Um there really aren't any other sailing podcasts that have hooked me in. You know, I've dabbled in a few here and there, but um, I do sort of, I, I don't know, I, I get a sense when people are being interviewed that have been interviewed about 50 other times by other things, and, uh, and, and they're doing stuff that I have no idea about um, on boats that I'll never step foot on. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, they're great. And sometimes they're super entertaining. You know, obviously if I was able to get Robin Knox Johnson on my show, uh, that would be great, but he would also have to be sitting here right next to me. Um, because I, I, that's one thing that I definitely don't want to do is to do phone in interviews because I think the, well, obviously the audio quality is really not great, um, but I don't think you can actually have a real genuine interview that's that's really really going to get into it unless you're staring the person down right there uh, and you're you're in the face. Plus, I think those go on a lot longer because I know when I'm on the phone back in the day when I used to do those. I was just kind of waiting to get off the phone and it was sort of, you know, it's not, it's definitely not the same and you're just trying to listen and hear and not, not get cut out and all that. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, the podcast definitely is still open for all sorts of avenues. Um, but I think the core will always be at the core. It's going to be a sailing podcast that branches out into all sorts of different adventure. But I, I, I think that um, just sitting down with, with just regular people, um, myself included, I'm not saying I'm some crazy, crazy person out there doing wonderful, wild things. Um, you know, I, I think there is something to be said about hearing interesting topics. You know, there's going to be a podcast coming up pretty soon. My sister-in-law, she, uh, She's from Mexico, and I've always wanted to sit down and find out about how she did the transition from being a Mexican citizen to becoming a American citizen. And it's actually a way different story than I thought it was going to be. So, you know, if I sit down with her for an hour and, and get that out there, I think it's pretty cool. So, I don't know. I'm going to... 
I'm going to keep going. You know, now I'm in the marina, so I'm hoping to nail down a few of these sailors. Uh, one of the issues with doing the podcast and with people who are first-time podcasters, it scares people. It's not, it's not like I'm very comfortable with it because I've done it so much, but it's, it can be intimidating. When I think about the first podcast that I ever did where I was being interviewed, I was very nervous. My voice was shaky. Um, I was just trying not to screw up and say something stupid. And uh, so it is a little bit tricky, but I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to push a little harder than I used to see if I can nail these people down and, uh, and definitely get, get more content out there. As I said, I mean, the goal always is to get at minimum two podcasts out per week. And, um, I think if, if at least one of those is based solely around sailing, then, um, then I think that's going to be sort of the way I move forward with this. And I don't know, maybe, maybe what I'll do, um, is take, a take a lesson off of some of the giant podcasters out there. And if it's a sailing oriented podcast, then, uh, I'll label it as such. And if it's an adventure one, then it's just adventure. And then I don't know, figure out something else. The, the third <laughs> iteration. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of all I wanted to say. So I, I want to thank, uh, uh, miles for, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but, uh, I want to thank miles for, for taking the time to email. And he, he also was very complimentary about the podcast, which, you know, this was something that was born out of being stuck in a situation where I was no longer allowed to do presentations. I lost my income, all that sort of stuff, um, right at a point where it seemed to be really ready to rocket ship off. And, uh, and so, you know, you had to, just like when you're out at sea, you have to you have to sometimes just go with the flow and you can't fight it tooth and nail. You've got to actually uh, change what you're doing. And so I started looking for new options and uh, the podcast seemed to be the way to go. And somehow it's uh, the stars have aligned and it's it's actually enjoyable. And um, from from people's reactions um, and the comments and things like that, it seems like it seems like it's been uh, thoroughly enjoyed by quite a few people. So. That being said, um, I want to uh, just say that, um, I don't know, I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, it, it it definitely makes me feel pretty good. I, I try not to look at too many comments because I know when you stumble across one of those really bad ones, uh, it sticks with you as much as you... As much as I like to think that uh, it just roll off my back, uh, it, it doesn't. It's It's hard to deal with, but... So I don't know. Sometimes I dabble with them. Sometimes I don't. You know, we'll we'll have to sort of see. But if if people want to reach out with with ideas for the podcast or suggestions of people, which I've had a few of those, uh, which is great, um, they can always go to sailingintooblivion.com and just uh, send a submission email. It goes right to me, and I receive it, and I always read them and. Uh, I will definitely uh, address whatever there is to address in there. So uh, I guess in the in the long term with this podcast, and I don't know if this is going to come to fruition or not, it's going to be difficult. Um, but if I can save enough cash uh, over the summer, working hard, lobstering, moving boats, doing all that sort of stuff, then the goal is to find or borrow or rent some... Uh, four wheels and a steering wheel and uh, hit the road and try to uh, do sort of a cross-country trip, which I'm hoping by then I might be able to dabble in the presentation world again. I've got a new one coming out uh, or putting a new one together just about uh, some of the highs and lows of being out at sea across, you know, 70,000 miles, that sort of stuff. Um, But the other thing would be to drive around and, and hit up all these people, um, hit up some hot shots too. You know, I, I definitely, one of my, one of my sailing heroes, John Kretschmer, um, I've, I've only sort of texted back and forth with him, but kind of feel like he'd be game for it. And he's, he's, he's definitely a big wig. Um, but there's a lot of other people who you would never, ever hear from, um, everything from nuclear physicists, 
to uh, robotics guys, all of which I've encountered in my life. And uh, typically, if I've encountered you, we've also gone sailing as well. So there's always going to be that little bit of sailing. Um, but yeah, that's the game plan is maybe this fall, if I can put it together to uh, do a big road trip and just interview and and podcast as much as I possibly can so I can get that minimum two shows out a week for a long time. And then uh, if it's successful and it somehow can can sort of bring in what it needs to bring in, then I'm going to take it on because, I, like I said, I really enjoy it. But um, other than that, what I would like to add to this podcast is if I can sort it all out, I have the final two episodes from my last trip around the Atlantic, the one where I got hit by Tropical Cyclone Wanda. I only had the fifth and not the sixth episode on the computer I took home with me, so I wasn't able to round it completely out. But uh, I'm going to throw both of those on here if I can find them. If I can't, then it's only going to be the fifth one, and we'll just have to leave it at that. Uh, But that's going to be the game plan. So I want to thank everybody, especially the uh, the the patrons who are signed up, who are helping support this show. I want to thank everybody that's doing comments and stuff, uh, and just all the listeners for listening. You know, share it out there if you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty fun, and I really enjoy doing it. And to hear that people like to get the top tips and the stories and all that sort of stuff for me is uh, probably the biggest honor I could have. And it makes me want to keep doing it and get better and better and better at it to uh, to make sure that, you know, you guys are getting those top tips. I mean, hey, uh, I'm no expert, but I love, love to share information. I mean, I, I don't know if I've talked about it much, but I was a sailing instructor from the age of 21 all the way until basically the time I left to go around the world. Um, you know, even at Bitter End, when I was when I was the manager of water sports, every once in a while I get out there on a lesson and it really has always, always been great to pass on sailing knowledge, the little bit that I have, uh, and, and just sort of share, share the passion for it. So Without further ado, I give you the fifth and the sixth uh, episode of this last trip uh, around the Atlantic to, I think it was 76 days total, um, a really rough trip from from Maine all the way to the middle of the Atlantic, to the Eye of Wanda, to the doldrums, back to the doldrums, back to the doldrums, and then to the equator, and then the breaking point, and then coming back. So I don't want to spoil it for you. But uh, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this. And we are live again out here on Old Mighty Sparrow, middle of the uh, ocean. We're a little bit, uh, I'd say we're almost, almost halfway, almost exactly halfway in between Africa and the Caribbean on a straight line. Uh, Just to start and close in here on 10 degrees north. Oh man. And it's been about four, four or five days now. Uh, since we've been headed east, or sorry, headed back west to the east coast after uh, making the decision to uh, call off the rest of the trip due to uh, lack of confidence in the deck around my bowsprit and the uh, rails around my bowsprit. And it's been a bit of a battle, brain brain not likey uh i've never had to give up on a trip of my own volition so that kind of uh is a new thing to deal with but it is what it is it was a smart move for sure um and uh yeah so i've sort of come to terms with that and we we punched our way through another few days of the doldrums uh it was definitely a quick crossing the fastest crossing i've ever had with the doldrums uh as far as just 
just a couple of days, the winds really stayed up. There was a lot of thunderstorms, a lot of squalls, but uh, in between, we didn't we didn't get any of that dead flat, becalmed, floating there sort of stuff, um, which is highly unusual. But it's supposedly the guidebooks say that uh, the closer you are to the coast of Brazil. And the further you are from Africa, typically you're going to get a faster crossing. And it may just be the time of year as well, being that it's uh, December. Um, usually the Christmas winds are sort of flowing around towards the end of this month, so can get a bit wild, the old Easterlies. Uh, but, um, yeah, holy smokes, the, the wind uh, starting sort of yesterday... Yesterday was actually pretty smooth sailing. The winds were east-northeast, and then they sort of filled in last night with a big squall around midnight. Had to get up, take the jib down. Definitely did not want to do that. Raining, all that sort of stuff. Um, but is what it is. Uh, and then ended up uh, staying pretty strong, I'd say, in the uh, upper teens or so maybe a little higher and uh i had i think two reef one reef in the main and staysail up and we're still flying along thanks to this current that that runs here holy cow it's helping a lot but uh it built the seas up to a choppiness uh that we're still dealing with now and uh because the wind's so tight north northeast right now we're actually we're we're pretty much reaching if not just a little bit more uh going into the wind and that really doesn't help with the uh the sea state and everything it's just today has been just getting jostled and kicked around and listening to the bow sort of get slammed it's not like we're pitching into the waves uh it's just they're lumbering up and then pushing us over on our side and and all that so it's really really uncomfortable sailing but we are we are moving along pretty well and i would expect in the next day or two the winds are really going to come almost directly out of the east and we will be uh broad reaching and there's hopefully not good. Then, then it'll be one of those things where I'm probably start complaining about not being able to keep the staysail full and all that sort of stuff. It's never, it's never good enough. Never. So <laughs> the way it is out here. But uh, yeah, just I mean, just getting kicked around since I couldn't. I after that squall last night. I was in my bunk, but I don't think I was able to actually fall asleep. Half from the noise, half from the motion, and half from the heat, too. It's still really, really hot. Uh, I think we're, we're, yeah, we're down in, like, in the cabin. It's about 84, 86. So cooler than it was, but, uh, you know, you go up on deck, and it's just a, a wild mess up there, and it's all wet and stuff, and, ah. Uh, Complain, complain, groan, groan. That's all I do now. I don't know. I'm just hoping uh, as those winds, if those winds can just curl around a bit, that would be great uh, so that we can really broad reach, keep the speed up, and, um, you know, the bearing for um, the Caribbean either the BVI or St. Lucia or whatever, it's like 290 to 300 degrees. That's super easy to get. And then to get all the way back to Buford, it's 307, I believe. Which, uh, with easterlies and even northeasterlies, is um, pretty much going with, with the wind or uh, broad reaching along it. So that's all we want. The question mark area is going to be once we get north, of the Caribbean and do that last little uh, thousand mile stretch because it can get a little dicey this time of year. Um, typically in the past I was going from you know places like Charleston or uh, anywhere on the east coast headed to the Caribbean and I would try and find a good window 
to just get out as far east as I could and then go straight down, um, which is, you know, meaning that I would look to ride sort of one of these systems coming off of Hatteras uh, with nice westerly winds. But those would only last for a couple of days, so you'd have to use them, abuse them, and then then it typically would always just fill in from the southeast um, or the east. And um, that's why they, you know, typically you want to get out and then go down rather than heading from like Charleston straight to a place like the BVI. Uh, you just, you beat into the wind. We did that on a delivery back in 2006 or 2007 and it was awful we the owner didn't want to go more than a certain amount offshore he wasn't comfortable with it this was a really nice fast boat too and uh, we ended up beating to wind uh for nine days and uh just awful i mean i've made that trip in this boat in i think 12 days (laughs) so hmm who knows? Who knows? But uh, hopefully, all goes well. We can, if we can hammer out. Right now, Buford is twenty eight hundred miles away, and if we can pretty much hold that course, we're going to be looking at about twenty five days, maybe even less. Um, I mean, we're yesterday with the current, we knocked out, I think, 180 miles. So that was a, a big, big day. I think one of the biggest of the trip. Uh, but again, that's, that's with some really strong current. You know, at least probably 40 miles of that was current. The rest of it was us sort of flying along. But we'll see. I mean, I, when I look at the. The speedo, we're, we're basically holding between six and uh, seven knots pretty much all the time. So uh, it's pretty good. But boy, man, just listen to that bow. The bow just dong, 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 dong. Felt like a torture chamber this morning. I, I would have done just about anything I could to get off of this boat. Motion just awful. And there's no escaping it either. It's not like you can just put headphones in and disappear for a while the motion alone gets you so i don't know it's just we're just dropping off of these off to the side Ugh, man but it'll change it always does so yeah i mean i think we're thinking yeah like um probably just a bit less than a month uh more of sailing and uh you know, that'll put us at, I think, for the whole trip, somewhere around 8,000, eight or 9,000 miles, and probably about 80 days. So, today, I believe, is the start of day 50 out here. Uh, so, we've completed 49 days at sea, and now we're working on Big Five Zero, which is kind of cool. And, uh,. Yeah, I don't know. There's not a whole lot. I mean, I'm just basically reading books. And, um, yeah, it's about it. There hasn't been a whole lot of other stuff to really do. Uh, The bilge is looking great. Barely taking any water on. So I think that that little job I did sealing around the bowsprit uh, definitely helped because we've been taking water over the bower for sure. Um batteries are definitely holding a lot better than they were we're still dropping down to like 12.1 volts by morning and that's that's barely running anything um but it's encouraging it's nice to know and every day they're you know i think right now the batteries are sitting at 14 uh the sun is a blistering although we've got quite a bit of uh sahara dust out here right now so it's kind of one of those hazy filthy sort of days uh hot gross man i stink holy smokes do i stink <sighs> but i you know checking on the old water supply i've got uh, 
we're still working on one of our two main tanks, which are 35 gallons each. So I'm, I've got about 40 gallons left on board. So I got plenty of water because um, it's tough to catch right now. And even if I do catch some, it's literally a catch like a gallon. And I drink that that day, or else it's gonna it's gonna go off real fast. Get this little gray gray floaties down in the bottom, and then it starts to stink. So not great. That's something I you know I've always experienced that off the coast of Africa, but I never experienced it other places. Not as much as I have this trip. So I don't know. I don't know, you know, I was thinking about it today, actually. The ocean just seems, and it may just be my point of view on this trip or whatever, but it just seems angrier. Wow. Uh, from the get-go, I mean, we we were getting pushed around and winds howling and lightning and, and squalls, and I, it just, it's been so absolutely different than the last trip it's kind of funny because this is this is you know with this is being the second failed trip first one trying to go through the northwest passage couldn't do that so essentially i'm doing just about the same route uh and so it's it's sort of this lap around the atlantic in a way it's really interesting i mean last time yes it was in during the hurricane season so it was august September, October. This one is going to be um, October, November, December. And uh, so definitely a little bit different times and all that sort of stuff. But wow. I mean, the last one, granted, I'd still be out there <laughs> if I didn't have all that fuel that I was going to use in the Northwest Passage because there was literally like no wind almost from... I, I, one of these days I gotta go count it out, and I will actually. I'm thinking, man, I I'm I'm pretty excited. I think the next book is going to be about the doldrums. Uh, I think I've I've crossed them seven times here in the Atlantic and uh, on different boats, but mostly on Sparrow and sometimes with an engine, mostly without. And it's always been different, uh, and I think it'd be pretty cool to chronicle sort of my experiences going through here and uh, and all that, and some of the some of the crazy stories because it is a pretty nuts place, and weird stuff happens, and you get these exciting storms, and then you get these these just flat comps, but you get this beauty of the cloud formations and all that sort of stuff. I don't know, maybe I can do a little research on some uh, some of the history of bigger ships and uh and all that stuff going going down make it like more of not just my experience but uh a book about the doldrums we'll have to see i'm not exactly sure how that works uh as far as you know you read somebody else's book about the doldrums and then put their information in your book i guess you just credit them but who knows Oh, other than that, oh man, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm gonna cut this one short too because it's just so hot. I'm just sweating down here because I, I've got a couple of the fans that are further away, but I can't put the fan on right next to me because it'll it'll muffle the uh, the microphone. But I'm gonna go up on deck and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the sea say. Oh, the last thing I do want to say, I'm in an area. It's really, really interesting. The The first trip, well, all the trips up along this coast, uh, you know, a few hundred miles. I think I'm like 400 miles off the coast this time of Brazil. So this current is ripping up towards the Caribbean. But you get these crazy rips that are going the opposite direction, or maybe they're going north. I don't know. I think they're going north almost northeast but everything will be sort of normal you know everything looks you know a few white breakers here and there and then all of a sudden you're getting jolted and jostled and you look out and it's just white caps everywhere and you're just in this like mile long stretch of fast moving water against the wind and then after a mile it all just flattens right back out again to normal waves. And you look back there, you can still see it. 
and the sound of it is really weird. It sounds like a river. Um, last time I went through these, it was far less windy. And this time, I mean, it was like, whoa, whoa. Just all of a sudden, you boats get slapped around. And <laughs> it was, and it, you know, if I, if memory, uh, if I recall correctly, that went on for days and days where you would hit some of that stuff. So, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, I got to call it. It's just, it's just so hot. So, thanks for listening. I'll tag this one on uh, as a part two. Good morning. And welcome back to day, I think it's like day 60... Day 64, maybe? Something like that. I'm not 100% sure, but, uh, yeah, uh, we are getting there. Uh, we're just about at, uh, 67 degrees west, uh, and 25 degrees north, so that puts us, uh, closing in, uh, I guess above, like, Turks and Caicos, um, but basically, you know, we're we've we're we're above and we're actually now west of a lot of the Caribbean islands. So we're getting there. I'm having my coffee. It's early. It's uh just about seven. Uh, I've been changing the old clock ahead and and stuff, uh, or changing it back as I make my way back. Oh man! But it was another sort of long night. It was raining. Um, we were we were going basically dead downwind, staysail pulled out to one side, and uh, the main all the way out on the other. And then the the wind sort of died as some rain came in. This has been sort of typical every night for the last few nights, and it just interrupts the old sleep pattern more than anything. But, uh, yeah, it's been, sleep's been tough. Uh, I think a lot of it has just been, you know, it's so hot during the day. It's really kind of hard to, to sleep. And then, and then at night for a long time at night was great. I was, I could sleep pretty much six to eight or nine hours, you know, intermittently getting up. But, um. That's that's ceased from all the squalls lately and stuff and I don't know it is what it is it's not bad as long as I can get an hour or two in and usually if I don't sleep at all throughout the night then uh, I'll at least get an hour in around noon which is perfect because it is still pretty warm out although the temperatures whew, excuse me temperatures have definitely dropped quite a bit. Especially at night, we're going down into the uh, mid-70s. So there was one night where I, I wore a shirt, which felt so funny. You know, if you go a month or so uh, without wearing a shirt ever, and then you put one on, it's it's you're just your skin's not used to it. It's kind of like uh, when you shave your beard or shave your head or something like that. All of a sudden, it's this whole different feeling. Your, your body's like, whoa, weird. So... I am actually kind of looking forward to uh, wearing a pair of jeans and uh, a shirt and maybe even like a sweater because I know it, it does winter. Winter is pretty uh, mild down in South Carolina, but it does come and we typically do get some frosty, uh, frosty days, so... You know, it'll be it'll be kind of cool. I'm I am uh, I'm looking forward to, especially after you get scorched for uh you know six six or seven weeks, just absolutely torched. And man, I tell you, I, I got to see my dermatologist when I get back because wow, lot of sun exposure. Pretty much when I look at some of the videos and stuff that I made, um, I just look like a uh, like a lobster. I mean, I've always been like that. I've always said sort of a real pinkish hue, but uh, yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. But uh, as far as distances, some numbers, 
think we got about 828 nautical miles between us and Buford. And uh, that's pretty cool. That may actually put us... Oh, sorry. That may actually put us arriving uh, on the weekend, which is uh, very advantageous. Let me get my little device here. Uh, that's something I, I definitely want to talk about is the phone. Oh, man. Um, yeah, okay. So if today's Monday, the 20th, if if all goes well, there's going to be one front that comes in with westerly winds, and then it's going to be northerly winds, and then it's going to be nothing. That comes in in about three, four days. So ideally, I don't know, it would be really cool. You know, one, two, three, two, it'd be really cool to pull in uh, and be steaming up the river on the 26th, which would be a Sunday. Because that always allows for um, the swing bridge outside of the marina. On the weekends, they open on demand. Uh, and during the weekdays, they're on sort of a set schedule, which isn't too bad. I mean, I think it's like on the half hour or something like that, but I don't know. Either way, it looks like it'll be the 26th or 27th or 28th, something like that. And, uh, so yeah, looking at a week, essentially a week from now. So I definitely have to get some work done and, and stuff, um, I think I might be coming into a little calm patch here in a bit. Um, and actually today, I think one of the big projects, besides just some more general cleaning, is going to be uh, trying to clean out and check all the fluids, do everything I need to do on that engine. I haven't run it in weeks now, and I've uh, I put a pipe wrench on the uh, prop shaft right behind uh, the transmission so that it wouldn't free freewheel. It's a, a velvet drive, like hydraulic transmission. Essentially, y you could put it in reverse, uh, but it just free spins and just spins and spins and spins. I think ideally uh, with a, this boat, I would, I would definitely get a folding pro prop um and then that won't be an issue but it was kind of crazy because normally i would just let the sucker go and sometimes it it i don't know sometimes it would go crazy and sometimes it wouldn't um i don't know i think a lot of times it just depended on uh i don't know maybe how much growth or something was on the prop i i'm not sure but i did know that um uh at one point uh, after wanda when we were moving real fast, it was freewheeling like crazy, and uh, I had to go in there. The engine hadn't been run in days, but the transmission was hot, like 100-and-something degrees hot. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, it's going to burn something out if it just keeps going and going. So, yeah, a buddy of mine up in uh, Maine was like, yeah, put a pipe wrench on that guy. So that's what I did, and it's been silent. That's the biggest thing is I don't have to listen to the as you go and surf a wave or anything like that so uh in any event um yeah so get the engine room all cleaned up because i you know i did an oil change in there uh already once on this trip and so obviously there's a lot of oil in the um in the engine compartment and all that stuff so sort of clean that up change the oil pads out and, and everything but I, uh, everything else should be good fingers crossed uh knock on wood and if the oil is good and all that then i'll probably just try and run it today just for an, like an hour or so just to get her uh take her up to her full full heat and everything and um and then shut her down until Shut her down until uh, we actually get into a serious calm patch. Um, or I may just clean it up. I don't know. These are the, the arguments I have in my head uh, and sometimes out loud. 
<laughs> You're out here all alone. Oh, man, I'll tell you, I have been having some of the most vivid dreams on this trip. And definitely a few where I thought I woke up and I, I knew that there was like either uh, an old girlfriend of mine or my brother or there were other people that were on board. And I was like, oh, they'll, they'll take care of it. And then I sort of snap out of it. I'm like, oh, no, I'm alone. <laughs> mm. Oh, man. <clears throat> Gosh, it's been, it's been just, I was thinking about it last night. Because, you know, when you start getting really sleep deprived, it becomes pretty miserable. Uh, it's hard to um, sort of snap out of that. But, you know, I was looking at it last night. And I'm thinking to myself, I think I think for some reason at this point in my life I needed some real full on misery um you know something that you can't get out of easily something that you have to put the work in put the effort in to actually free yourself from and cuz it, it's it's just been uh, as far as the motion of the ocean out here uh, has just been absolutely awful. Um, tons of head seas, heavier than normal winds, and very confused waves. So that I, not until recently have I even felt like I've gotten my sea legs out here. It's just jarring and it's been loud. Um, I don't know. Something, it's just different. And maybe it's just me. I'm getting older. You know, when I first, I was 38 years old when I did my trip around the world. And now I am 42 years old, which isn't too much of a big deal, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, crazy. So, so I'm trying to, I, you know, put a positive spin on basically spending 70 something days out here, uh, where most of it's been pretty uncomfortable, uh, very tiring, and, um, you know, not really getting to do what I wanted to do. Although, when I think about that, I know that for me, it really, it doesn't matter as far as uh, how far I got or where I got to, because it's not, it's not the, for me, it's, it's about the journey. It's about being out and sailing, and even if it is kind of miserable, there's always good times, too. I mean, right now we have the beautiful moon out. Um, I'm watching the sun start to trickle up. Oh, it's just coming over the horizon. I don't you know, there's there's lots of niceties and stuff. I mean, overall, it's been pretty miserable, but uh, in any event, it's not, um, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, and it's been a much shorter journey than normal, uh, but... Hey, it is what it is. It's been a great sale. And, you know, the last voyage of Mighty Sparrow. Heck of a um, heck of a thing. I always knew the third, no matter what happened on this trip, I knew the third third voyage uh, was going to be the, the last one because it's uh, yeah, sort of time for a new chapter. Um, you know, I don't know if it'll involve boats after this. Uh, I don't know if I'll go for another big hike. I don't know if I'll just go get a job, be a lobsterman. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to sort of see. Um, I've got some, some definite plans for once I, get, once I get to Buford, I know that I need to rip apart the deck up near the bow, inspect all that. And probably glass and seal and then paint. Um, I'll probably have to take apart most of the bowsprit. Ah, that's going to be sort of my big project as far as the boat goes. Um, and then obviously putting the boat back together. Getting, getting, the, getting the boat nice and cleaned out. And getting the bowsprit fixed up. Those are my two main priorities with the boat. Um, but basically I'm, I'm hoping that I can, I can put her up for sale in like February or, or so. And, uh, with any luck, you know, West sales are kind of cool because they, uh, they're like a cult boat and people are always sort of looking for them. And, uh, a lot of people 
are put them up for sale. I and I haven't looked in years because I own one, but uh, I know when I first was looking at them, I was trying to sell them for like fifty grand, fifty-five grand. And I looked at a couple that were in the thirty-eight grand range that definitely didn't have things like a wind vane or a life raft or uh, Bimini's Dodgers, any of that sort of stuff, and. Though a lot of that stuff on this boat needs work, um, you know, I, I think this boat would need at least a new Dodgers uh, made up, and uh, I don't know, uh, we could do a whole podcast on what this boat needs uh, or could use, but in any event, I think that uh, I'm going to take a look and see what most of them are going for, and then I'm, I've always been one of those people that... I would much rather have a quick sale if it's five grand less uh, than eking out another five, ten grand, but it takes six months. Uh, to me, that doesn't make any sense, especially when it costs usually about $1,000 a month to own a boat, depending on where you keep it and all that sort of stuff. Maybe 500 bucks. I know it. Uh, if they haven't jacked up the rates at all, it's basically like 600 a month for me to keep the boat on the dock. And then when I haul out up in Maine, it's a lot cheaper up there, way cheaper, but then I'm out of the water. So that's kind of the tricky part that I have to weigh is if, if I am able to sell the boat really quickly and all of a sudden now it's April or May and I no longer, I'm homeless um, you know, the job prospect would be to go up to Maine and work at the boatyard again, at least for May, June, July, and then everybody's boat's already in. There's not a lot to do. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Got to, got to kind of figure it out. But what I do know, uh, right now is that, uh, spend basically most of January working on this new book, uh, sailing through the doldrums and that's going to be a pretty cool one i'm got some notes and all that sort of stuff coming out and lots of thoughts on it but essentially i want to do a book yeah you know almost same size as uh, sailing into oblivion not quite but um uh essentially about the doldrums here in the atlantic and what it's like i've, I've done i think eight eight crossings uh, at all various types of seasons, uh, sometimes with an engine, sometimes without, and mostly without. So I'm sort of fighting through them, but I've got all the journaling and all that stuff going all the way back to the first time when I was on a catamaran coming from Cape Town, South Africa, and we just steamed right through them. But uh, I don't know. It's it's such a interesting violent, beautiful, crazy, weird, sort of mysterious place that I think, I think a book with a lot of, um, a lot of good entertaining experiences, which I definitely have had in the doldrums, uh, would be pretty cool. And I definitely can, I got a buddy of mine who can do a bunch of the maps, like draw them really, really well. Cause they'll be, we can do precise ones and, uh, Man, uh, I just think I'm, I'm excited. I think it'll be pretty cool, especially after going through um, the ones this time. Because, it, you know, essentially I, I went through the doldrums north to south, but then had to keep going north to try and get more east so I'd get back into the doldrum and then lose all the wind and then turn back. But I, it was all the lightning and all that was just so crazy. So... I don't know. It, it seems like they've all been a little different. Some of them are totally flat. Some of them aren't. Um, and then, obviously, I had the big, huge one um, last year in 2020 where I I essentially got into the doldrums, and I was there in September and watching the hurricanes uh, basically get born and all that. And that was the flattest one I ever saw. It was unbelievable. So... I don't know, kind of cool, kind of cool stuff, and I think it'll be an interesting book. I don't think, you know, I think probably 120 to 180 pages. It'll be pretty cool, and um, yeah, sort of share share the stories of that. And uh, I think also just researching a little bit. You know, I I've read enough um, books about the old time sailboats and all that. And I know enough about the weather patterns and and everything that uh, I think some of the information would also be 
kind of valuable for anybody who's having to do that trans-equatorial route. But um, that'll be the game plan. It, it, it'll take a while, though. I mean, it'll, it's one of those things where I learned from the first book that, um, you know, it's going to take six months to a year before that book will be out unless it just flows out of me so fast. But even if it does, if it takes two months to rip a, a first draft out, that's it's probably going to take double that to perfect it and make it really good. Cause that's one of the things, you know, I, when I first put sailing into oblivion out on Amazon, uh, it just, I, I was in a rush. I needed, I don't know. I just, I, and I didn't know what I was doing, but now I know, I know that if you're going to put a book out there, you have to be able to sit down, look at that thing, read it and know that it is, as good as you're possibly ever going to make it. It's not going to get any better. And um, I also know that my final editing for my own peace of mind will will uh, include, you know, other people, but in the, at the very end all be all of it is uh, recording the audiobook version. So reading it out loud, that's the only way I've ever been able to catch every last little thing. And then you go back, correct it, and, uh, and then it's good. So, so basically, yeah, get into, uh, get into Buford, work on the book, work on the boat, January, February, March, hopefully sell the boat, April, May, and, uh, and then, yeah, sort of go from there. I've been dabbling with the idea of, of going for a walk, uh, doing the PCT or something like that. But um, I don't know, because I still I'm, I have all this food on here. <laughs> uh, a lot of this long life food. But, you know, the nice part about long life food is it's uh, going to last a while. Oh, we're going to take a little pause here. i got to go check the sales. All right. And we're back. Yeah, just a little bumpy out there. <sighs> it's kind of tricky sometimes when we when you have uh, uh, the waves coming in um, from aft because it'll it'll end up speeding the boat up. Mongo reacts, uh, and then the boat slows back down. Mongo takes a little longer to react that way, and then essentially the boat just sort of wiggles its way around but um i don't know who knows who knows ah, the winds are holding that's all that matters sun's out looks like it's gonna be a nice day and uh yeah that's basically uh all i got for today i'm going to end this one here and probably do at least one or two more i think um before we actually pull in but uh, yeah, other than that, dive into the old engine. Boy, the batteries. <laughs> they are, uh, uh, they're not great. Although it's been really, really uh, cloudy for the last bunch of days. So that hasn't helped. Be interesting today. It looks like it's going to be a sunny one. But uh, wow, look at all that mold. Holy cow. It's one of the things where when you use a headlamp, if you're ever looking for mold on a boat, use a LED headlamp at night because you see all of it. I've got to uh, completely de-louse this boat. And I think I, I also I got to do some research because I've, I've heard you get like an ozone machine and turn that sucker on and leave it down in the boat for a day or two. And that kills absolutely everything. And, uh, so we'll have to see, I've heard that one, but, uh, eventually, yeah, you got to wipe it all out. So, all right. Other than that, thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll check back in in a few days and hopefully be really close to, uh, finishing this trip off, getting me back on the dock where I can sleep a full night. And, uh, and the funny thing is too. It's not going to take very long before I'm I'm already like, oh, you know, maybe we could do a trip out to here. <laughs> if there's one thing that uh, 
uh, I'm definitely realizing is that uh, my adventures on Mighty Sparrow have been wonderful. They've been terrible. They've been everything I could have ever wanted and more. Uh, but there is just a time where uh, a change is needed. And, hey, uh, life's great like that. You've got all sorts of different options. You don't have to be stuck with one. You can change anything in an instant because it's your life. And uh, I don't know. It uh, definitely makes me smile, you know, thinking about that. And, and just thinking about all the... All the fun, I mean, geez, it's been, bought the boat in 2016. Uh, yeah, so 2016, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So six years. Six years before the mast. That'll be the next book after this one. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening.